Welcome to Dr. Carol's Couch with your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. All comments, views, and opinions are solely those of Dr. Lieberman, her guests, and callers. Now it's time to have a seat on Dr. Carol's Couch. Here's your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome to today's show of Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Um, today was going to be one of my <laughs> one of my rants, and um, at the same time, of course, trying to help you deal with what is going on in the world. We're going to be talking about how the world is going crazy. We're going to be talking about coronavirus and more. Um, have you been noticing that? You know, all you have to do is uh, turn on, look on um, the internet, uh, turn on any media, television, radio, um, especially on the internet, because uh, you can see the whole, <laughs> the whole variety of uh, examples of how the world is going crazy if you turn on um, if you Google, you know, one source of, of news, I mean, like uh, Google News or Breitbart or Drudge, um, my favorite of those is Breitbart, by the way. Um, and, um, but, but putting politics aside, just looking at the, some of the things that are going on in the world. Now, before we put politics aside, um, I do want to talk about one of the craziest things that's going on in the world. We're going to be talking um, after this about different things that you, most of which you probably have not even heard of, but it is all, it is largely all due to coronavirus. I mean, that is basically driving people crazy. Um, you know, that's a, <laughs> that's a psychiatric term, crazy. It is driving people crazy in various ways that do have psychiatric term names to them. Uh, for example, we have Dr. Anthony Fauci. If you've been listening to the show before, you may have heard me sort of rail against him uh, in the past, because, and it's just getting worse because um, now he is, uh, he spoke in front of the Senate. Now, of course, uh, the Senate is predominantly Democrat. And, um, you know, they invited him to come. And first there was this issue of whether he was going to come or not. He wanted, he always wanted to come. Um, and so now he came and he has been going on and on and talking, warning of suffering and death. Suffering and death if we start to open the country. Now, um, first of all, as I've been, you may have heard me talk about, uh, from the very beginning, when Dr. Fauci was on, began being on the presidential um, uh, news conferences, the daily news conferences, he was the face, literally the face of gloom and doom. And why is that bad? Well, because um, he's sort of the epitome of this, but in general, in terms of the news, you know, this is, of course, a, a, mostly on television news. Um, the gloom and doom that is spread by news and uh, personified in Dr. Anthony Fauci is having a worse effect on us psychologically and physically than, than the coronavirus itself. Because um, when we are stressed out by gloom and doom, 
that acts on our immune system, weakens our immune system, and makes us more vulnerable to the coronavirus. So somebody needs to tell Dr. Fauci, who is, you know, talk about psychiatric terminology, germophobe would be one word uh, that would apply to him, um, obsessed with, uh, with the you know, his imagined danger of coronavirus. Not, of course, to say that coronavirus isn't dangerous or isn't deadly. Yes, it is. But so are, so is the regular flu um, and many other, uh, you know, things in our society. But in any case, so he has overreacted to it from the beginning. But beyond that, what he may actually psychologically feel about coronavirus and the danger Besides that, um, his politics are showing. He is clearly, this is, you know, the more the coronavirus lasts, the more deadly it is, the more Democrats feel that there is a better chance of blaming Trump, which they're, I mean, they're already blaming Trump somehow for the coronavirus, um, how, you know, as if, as if he would have wanted to bring coronavirus here. I mean, it, the whole thing is absurd, but in any case, the, the, the figuring is, and this part isn't absurd, the figuring is that the longer and the deadlier coronavirus is, the more people are going to feel as though they need to be taken care of, and the more likely they are to vote for a progressive democratic agenda because um, that is all about, you know, maybe not now as bad as Bernie Sanders, but in general, um, the, the program, the policies of uh, socialized everything. And I, it, this, has, this became a problem starting after 9-11 and starting with the generation uh, that grew up right after 9-11 because of the feelings of their parents. Um, that is why... Uh, Bernie Sanders was so popular with, um, you know, millennials, people of that generation, the, the post 9-11 generation, because the, the um, atmosphere at that time was scary. We're scared. We need to be taken care of. Now we have coronavirus, and that is doubling, re-traumatizing, even more traumatizing because it's lasting longer than 9-11, although, of course, we are still under threat of terrorism, you know, which is something that everybody's kind of forgetting these days uh, while we're focusing on coronavirus. But there is still, in fact, there is an increasing threat um, from terrorists. But let me not get into that for today. There's enough to talk about. Um, so, so um, you know, it, it has become clearer and clearer. Like, you don't want doctors... <laughs> I guess maybe you don't want me as a doctor to be political. And I try, but I mean, I am political about some things like what we're talking about right now, but I am not political when it comes to choosing the best treatment for my patients. I mean, that has nothing to do with politics or diagnosing patients or doing anything that has to do with patient care. I keep politics out of it. Unlike Dr. Fauci, who is clearly... Um, forwarding a democratic, progressive, socialist agenda and in, in making us all be 
continue to be scared, to continue to be... There will be virus somewhere on this planet that will eventually get back to us. I mean, that, yes, there is. That doesn't mean we have to stay locked up until then. Um, but warnings of suffering and death. So, I mean, that's the kind of thing that makes people scared, of course, and wanting to be taken care of by big government and, um, and more likely to vote for candidates uh, that you know, that are planning to do that, especially, I mean, now we're having, we're already having to have that with some of the government um, bailouts or, you know, whatever, the checks that are coming to us, that kind of thing. That already um, is the beginnings of, I mean, it was apparently um, necessary, but that kind of thing cannot really be um, allowed to go on or, you know, we need to get back to work and back to um, a good economy again so that we don't have to rely on those kinds of things. So anyhow, as I was saying uh, about Dr. Fauci, someone needs to tell him not only that his politics are showing that, and that he's not supposed to be leading our country. You know, he is the voice. We're all listening to him. Dr. Deborah Burks is much more um, moderate in her um, in her advice and so on, and does not have the face of gloom and doom. And I wish we would all just be listening to her. And um, if Fauci would just disappear, his 15 minutes are up. Somebody needs to tell him this. His 15 minutes are up. He's more concerned with Brad Pitt playing him on television than in what is best for this country. I think he has totally lost, lost it, really. Um, in terms of what he is advising. And that, I'm going to be telling you about lots of crazy things going on in the world, but um, in a sense, that is the craziest or the scariest that we are all somehow being beholden to what Dr. Fauci's opinion is of the coronavirus. Um, Now, you know, um, I'm not going to get into... I mean, there, you do know all the all the 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 um, after effects of it or the side effects that are happening now, and that's what I'm most concerned about as a psychiatrist. That it's it's not just without um, without problems that we are uh, being told that we're supposed to hide. And there are all kinds of crazy things going on. And I'm going to start talking of, about some of these things where that are a result of people, first of all, being told all kinds of different things. You know, we were told ages ago, well, not that long ago, it's hard to, it's hard to um, be aware of time, actually, but um, we were told a while ago not to wear masks. Do you remember that? At the beginning, the relative beginning of coronavirus, we were told don't wear masks because the doctors and nurses need the masks, and so don't you take these masks away from the doctors and nurses and you don't really need them and all of that. Now, all of a sudden, we're getting all this different advice that, yes, indeed, we do need them and um, uh, everybody needs to wear masks. So what has been happening? Here's one of the examples of crazy stuff. Um, what has been happening is that there is a fear and distrust and sort of... Um, unspoken, although sometimes it's spoken and more, uh, interaction between people 
who are wearing masks and people who aren't. Now, you know, I'm talking about you. <laughs> I don't know if you wear a mask or not, which, which side of this you're on, but it is uncomfortable for everybody. It doesn't really matter. It's uncomfortable for everybody. Now, 51% of the people in America um, are shaming others if they see them walking around without a mask. Why is this happening? Well, the number one reason is fear. The number two reason, you know, fear of catching coronavirus from them. The number two reason is um, that they're angry, you know, because we are being uh, taught to believe that, um, that if somebody doesn't wear a mask, it means that they don't care about you, right? It's personal. They don't care about you. Otherwise, they'd wear a mask. That's the propaganda we're getting. Um, next thing is, it is identification with the aggressor, which means because we're having um, many despots, <laughs> mayors and governors telling us what to do, People, they are the aggressors, so to speak. So people who are feeling powerless, I mean, we're, so, we're all feeling somewhat powerless, at least whether it's powerless uh, in comparison with the coronavirus or if it's, com- if it's powerless compared to these mayors and governors, you know, ruling our lives, taking away First Amendment rights and all kinds, not just First Amendment, the gun rules, I'll tell you about that later, not letting people buy guns, um, all kind, not letting nails. This one was amazing. Uh, I live in California. I'm from New York. Uh, for those of you who haven't heard me talk about this before, I mean, New York is pretty bad too. But California, the governor of California and the mayor of, of uh, Los Angeles topped the list as far as being outrageously, um, you know, little despots who don't want to give up their power. I mean, that's part of the thing. Fauci doesn't want us to uh, go out from our holes because he wants to still be the boss. He wants to be on television every day, and he wants to, um, to be the, you know, everybody to look up to him. And so if we're all kind of going back to life as normal, trying to be normal, that takes, that'll take away from his attention to, from him. So anyhow, as I was saying, California. So the governor of California, Gavin Newsom, um, he just came out the other day with the most stupidest thing that I have heard him say yet. And that is he wants nail salons to be closed because um, he believes, or he knows, not just believes, he, he knows that the first case in California came from a nail salon. No. I mean, is that really the most stupid thing you have ever heard? How on earth could he know, anybody know, that the first case in California came from a nail salon? I mean, we don't know what the first case was because, um, because so many people have, don't have symptoms. So there could have been, you know, a hundred or a thousand cases before the one he seems to be referring to. With, that was somehow connected to a nail salon. I mean, anyhow, and I this personally uh, affects me since my nails. <laughs> my nails are in very bad shape, and I really would like to go to a nail salon. But aside from my personal, uh, how it's personally affected affecting me, I mean, that kind of thing. 
like for doctors, for scientists, researchers to hear a governor or even, I mean, you don't have to be a doctor or a scientist or a researcher to, to know that that is a ridiculous statement, that there is no way he could know that. Um, I mean, there was no particular uh, first case. I, it's all a matter of when somebody was diagnosed or who, you know, how. I mean, there, <laughs> there could have been, a, as I was saying, a thousand people in California with un, undiagnosed, and possibly asymptomatic coronavirus at that same time. So that's the kind of thing that is driving us crazy. Because when we hear our leaders say such absurd remarks and, and a leader who is then controlling our lives because we're being told to stay in our little homes. Now, I want to make something super clear. I am not telling you to come out of your home or to not wear a mask. I'm not, I'm, what I'm telling you is you should have that decision, make that deci- these decisions yourself. And um, the main, you know, my main concern under all of this is that we are turning into George Orwell's 1984. And I'll tell you a story that uh, in a little bit that is an example of that. Anyhow, to finish the mask issue, um, so people are identifying with the aggressor, in other words, because we're, we're tired of having uh, aggressors, leaders, tell us what to do when they don't really know what they're talking about. Um, we still want to be the powerful one. So when we see people not wearing a mask, you know, it, it would, a part of us wants that power to be able to tell that person um, you're not doing the right thing or to report that person. And then last but not least, um, another reason why people are feeling funny when they are uncomfortable when they see other people without masks is because um, it's like the feeling that these people must be renegades or criminals because they're not uh, listening to what the law is. They're going against the law in terms of masks, so it makes some people wonder what else would they do that would be against the law. Would they rob me? Would they hurt me? Things like that. So those are reasons why, and it, these are all understandable psychological reactions. I'm not saying that, uh, you know, the people are, are wrong or bad or whatever to have any of these feelings. It's just that this makes it harder for us as we do kind of um, see each other to the extent that we're seeing each other in society. Um, these are the, some of the, this is an example of some of the awkward and uncomfortable and uh, destructive, you know, things that, feelings that we're all having. Um, and that is going to, these are things that are going to be, there are going to be more uncomfortable feelings as we go out and see each other more, which hopefully will be having, happening soon. Well, stay tuned. We need to take a break now, but I'll be right back. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787, Hello? and ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. 
Dr. Carroll is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll free at 1 866 472 5788. Now back to the show. Here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch, where we're talking today about the world going crazy, largely because of the coronavirus, really the psychological impact of the coronavirus, uh, not just on on people, I mean, not just on uh, the general um, population, but on some of the people who are um, making rules uh, about coronavirus as well. So let me tell you, there's a whole bunch of crazy stuff I want to tell you about that's going on in the world. Uh, for example, in, you know, uh, in many places around the states, uh, they have been letting inmates out of the jail. People who are, committed, who are, who are convicted of crimes. Um, some of them, some of them awaiting trial, but some of them already convicted. All kinds of crimes, sex crimes. Uh, child um, pornography, pedophilia, all kinds of crimes. Um, they are being let out of jail. Why? <laughs> because somebody or some bodies um, decided that it was uh, not safe for them to be in jails or prisons because of coronavirus, because, uh, you know, that, that it's a... It's an environment um, where uh, one could catch coronavirus easily from one person to another because it's close, a relatively uh, close environment and so on. And so how do we solve this problem? Don't, don't put you know, the people who are positive in a separate place in the jail or the prison, keeping them from the other people. No, 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 no. That would be too simple. No, let's let out the inmates. I mean, you know, this is so, so dangerous. First of all, um, not only is it dangerous, and in fact, there have been cases, I, I don't know if you've been uh, reading or watching or uh, he- listening to uh, news about this, but there have been lots of, of stories of criminals who have been let out who then have been caught again for doing some other criminal act. And to make this whole thing even crazier, 
because in some places like New York, and I, I think it, to some degree in California as well, they are doing away with um, bail. I mean, you know, why not just open up all the jails and prisons and just have, be done with it? Um, and, you know, the reason why they're, they've been doing away with bail is because of seeing that as sort of unjust to people who are poor um, who can't afford bail. Well, you know, whether you're poor or rich, if you are arrested... Um, and awaiting trial or arrested and convicted, you belong in jail. If that's what the um, prosecutor has been able to convince the judge, then you belong in jail. What's with this letting people out? I mean, so they're letting the, the criminals out, and they're telling the people who are healthy but not criminals to stay inside their house. Um, so what lately, just a new... Um, a new twist to this is in L.A., um, the criminals, you know, just because you're a criminal doesn't mean you're stupid. Um, the criminals, although I guess this is stupid in a way, uh, the criminals have decided that they should try to get coronavirus. They should try to test positive because if they test positive, then according to what's been happening um, before, uh, they expect to be let out. So which is worse, getting coronavirus and taking their chance or, or, um, or being kept in prison? You know, taking, getting coronavirus but being let out and taking a chance that you're not going to die from it or staying in there. Well, lots of prisoners are figuring that it's better for them to uh, take a chance on getting coronavirus. So what they've been doing is um, there's a, there are hot water dispensaries in these uh, common rooms, you know, in rooms where there's more, more than, where the, like rec rooms or dining rooms or areas where uh, more than one or two prisoners can be. And so these hot water dispensaries are like for coffee or um, other kinds of uh, things that, that they give them. Um, and uh, so what they're doing is they're taking the hot water from this dispensary and putting it in a cup, plastic cup, and they are passing it around so for two reasons. One, so that you can, you know, when you, if you are drinking just one cup, so they're all drinking out of the same cup. And so the chances of getting coronavirus is greater because one person in the group must may well have it. And the other reason is because it raises the temperature of um, the inmate. And the, when the nurse comes in to take their temperature, um, they can, it can seem like they have a symptom of coronavirus. They have a fever. And then uh, they're doing another uh, trick as well, which is passing around a mask, the same mask, sniffing from the same mask, trying to infect themselves that way. Also, purposely crowding together, not social distancing. Anything they can do to spread around coronavirus on the idea that at least one of the people in this group, in each group, would have it. Now, um, now there's a question. I think uh, the sheriff is saying that, uh, no, they're not going to force our hand to release them. But I, I think he is at odds with the mayor and the governor and... Um, 
Uh, it's unclear whether they will be releasing them or not at this point. I mean, so far they have been. And in fact, since March 11th, the California Department of Corrections and Rehabilitation has released more than 5,500 inmates. 5,500 inmates into local communities. Now, do you think these are people who are going to be conscientious about social dis once they get into the community? Conscientious about social distancing? Wearing masks? Yeah, they might wear a mask to then go and hold up a bank. And then last week alone, there were nearly 315 inmates who were freed from prison. So they're not keeping them in yet, um, you know, whether, uh, you know, whether they, so far, it's, they're still getting out. Now, um, what else? There are other crazy things going on in the world. For example, um, a patient, uh, a woman was admitted to a labor uh, room, you know, to give birth. And the doctor didn't want uh, her husband to come in because, you know, they're trying to keep social distancing and trying to not have more people than necessary in the uh, delivery room. Well, I mean, this has been happening in several places. Uh, but in this place that I'm telling you the story about, the, um, the husband decided to bite off the ear of the doctor. He also uh, threatened to kill him and, uh, you know, uh, let go with various expletives and broke the, the glasses of another doctor. And so a bit biting off, can you imagine biting off the ear of a doctor because he wouldn't let um, him be in the delivery room with his wife? Then there are all kinds of things that are happening to people who try to, just like this doctor, other people who are trying to enforce social distancing and other kinds of rules. Um, so, for example, a Texas park ranger was pushed into a lake while he was trying to enforce social distancing. Um, he was asked to... Um, he, a man, a shirtless man came running up to him and he shoved the man into the lake and he, the man could have drowned because, um, you know, if he wasn't able to swim. Then there was a man in Michigan, a 68-year-old man who was arrested on assault charges because he went into a Dollar Tree store and when he was told that um, to leave because he had a, didn't have a mask, uh, he decided to wipe his face on an employee's shirt. This is the employee told the man he had to wear a mask to stay in the store. And so the man said, here, I'll just use this as a mask. And he wiped his nose and face on the employee's shirt. Then we have women who are dressed as healthcare workers who stole packages in Washington State. They would, I mean, this is really bizarre. Um, why they would think that if they dress up as healthcare workers, people aren't going to notice <laughs> that they're stealing packages left outside homes. We're not talking about uh, corridors of apartment buildings, you know, where it's dark and hard to see and that kind of thing. These are porch pirates who are um, dressed up in full healthcare worker gear, blue scrubs, lanyards, 
um, ID badges, gloves, and uh, pretending to be nurses. You know, perhaps they, I don't know why they would think that people would uh, think that they have a good reason to take the package off the porch of somebody if they're a nurse. But that's what I'm talking about. People are going crazy. Then there was a um, a man in a, in a store where um, another, a family dollar store. <laughs> I guess dollar stores are dangerous. This is one in New Jersey. And a security, uh, oh, well, that, no, this was in Michigan. Um, a security guard at a Michigan dollar store was shot and died, fatally shot, because he, uh, a customer started arguing with him. You know, he tried to tell a customer that he had to wear a mask in order to come into the store, and so the customer shot him. Now, the thing is, these are people, I mean, this man the two women who dress like nurses, all the different stories that I'm telling you. Um, these are people who, before coronavirus, okay, maybe they were a little, a little off in one way or another, but um, if you would have told them that they would do something like this, they would probably tell you, no way. So this is really pushing us over the edge. Now, another example um, of uh, people be literally being pushed over the edge <laughs> or jumping over the edge. This is in Russia. There have been at least three Russian doctors who have plunged from hospital windows. Doctors who are treating patients with coronavirus. Now, of course, it's Russia. So we don't know. <laughs> we don't know the true story, but... Um, there, you know, in terms of, because there have been varying stories as, as to whether these doctors committed suicide or whether they were pushed or whether, you know, what is, how exactly they ended up out of a window and onto the pavement. Um, so now part of the stories that are coming out have to do with, um, you know, like one doctor, this Dr. Shulipov, uh, 37 years old, he suffered critical head injuries after he fell, jumped something outside of a window, and he had been complaining that he was ordered to work despite testing positive for coronavirus. And he had been talking about all the different pressures that there were on the doctors, and apparently, you know, the doctors who complain in Russia are not looked upon very favorably. He was also complaining about the shortages of uh, PPE, personal protective equipment. And um, then, oh, this is an interesting part. Then later on when he um, was, you know, now they're trying to, uh, trying to help him get well. And so he was well enough to, uh, on a video, to retract his allegations. But now there are definite suspicions that he was being forced to retract his allegations, in other words, that, um, that he was under this much stress and that there was no PPE and being forced to work with coronavirus and that kind of thing. Um, now, then there's another case in Russia, Dr. Natalia Lebedeva, 48 years old, who, again, different reports, fell to her death, committed suicide um, from the sixth floor of a Moscow hospital after coworkers said that she was unfairly blamed for the spread of the virus at her clinic. Um, and this was a clinic 
in Star City, which is the training center for cosmonauts. It's really bad to be spreading coronavirus to cosmonauts. Um, but, you know, what is unfairly blamed, her coworkers are saying. So did she, um, did she kill herself because she felt, you know, if she is, was positive, she felt that she may have spread it? Or what is the story? Then there's another, a third Russian doctor who fell or was pushed or something, jumped uh, from a window. Dr. Yelena Neponi, let's call her Dr. Yelena. She suffered fatal injuries after she came out of a window at the hospital um, after her colleagues said that she had complained about an acute sh- shortage of personal protective equipment. So, you know, uh, apparently the government doesn't want to know that doctors are complaining. I mean, in America, they're complaining about that, too. And, of course, the irony, the sad, tragic irony of all of it is that a lot of the masks and equipment, ventilators, that came from China, surprise, surprise, turned out to not be working. I mean, here it is, bad enough that the coronavirus came from China. That's another, oh yes, that's another Dr. Fauci brilliant move, saying that he doesn't think that the coronavirus came from China. Well, in fact, there are people who are actually there in the laboratory who are coming back and reporting what they saw and that it absolutely did. So after we know that the coronavirus itself came from Wuhan, China, uh, and that it was a cover-up, there was a cover-up by China and by communist China, not the people of China. You know, it's really sad. There's going to be a lot, there is already, and there's going to be more uh, discrimination, xenophobia uh, against Chinese people when it's not the Chinese people who are to blame. It is the communist Chinese party who is to blame. So, um, but anyway, so some of these, uh, some of the equipment, of course, turned out to not be, um, to, to have flaws in it, and it should not be a surprise. And um, in fact, there are no, there is now a lot of questions about whether these things were accidents, bioterrorism, uh, with the equipment, was it on purpose, sending faulty equipment, vent, faulty ventilators, faulty masks. I mean, there's a kind of pattern here, you know? You have to be blind to not see that. All right, well, I'm just hearing the music for taking another break. Uh, When we come back, I will talk more about some other examples of craziness that is being caused by, are being caused by the coronavirus. So stay tuned. the experts call toll free right now 1-866-472-5787 and ask our all-star team to answer your question that's 1-866-472-5787 thank you for calling voiceamerica.com are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times do you want help then contact dr carol lieberman today at www.drcarol.com Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the Terrorism Hotline 
And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Tune into the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, talking with you today about all the craziness. Well, this is all the craziness. And just, I just picked some uh, examples, a variety of examples of how coronavirus is driving us crazy um, from, from fear of the virus, from all the crazy gaslighting that people who are supposed to be authorities are telling us, from Dr. Fauci to governors and mayors, you know, talk about mayors, um, doctor, doctor, <laughs> um, the mayor of uh, Los Angeles, um, Garcetti, uh, you know, and, and again, I was saying earlier that people who are doing these crazy things, if you would have asked them before coronavirus if they would have ever done that, they would have said no, never. And I think this is true with, with um, well, I don't know if it's true with Fauci, but it's true with Garcetti, too. He said something the other day that really um, was shocking. Uh, he was saying that you know, there's a saying, uh, snitches get stitches. Well, he made this announcement that um, he said, even though there's a saying that snitches get, and he didn't say the word stitches, like, you know, he implied, implied that. Uh, here we're going to be in, in Los Angeles, snitches get rewarded. They're going to get rewarded if you snitch on a business that is open that is not supposed to be open, that is considered non-essential, um, then if you report it, you get a reward. I mean, this is the kind of stuff that is crazy. We're now being uh, rewarded for snitching on our neighbors. Do you know, does that sound familiar? Do you know where that comes from? That comes from George Orwell's 1984. I think they must have given out free... <laughs> Three books of 1984 to all the mayors and, and governors um, in this country, and they're all just reading it, <laughs> and then they read another chapter, and then they go the next day and make an announcement as to what the next um, ridiculous, draconian rule is going to be. They're getting ideas from, uh, from 1984. Now, to show you um, just how... 
you know, where's we haven't seen the extreme of this yet in terms of just how bad it could be as far as draconian laws. And I don't mean to put all mayors and, and governors in the same pot. Um, some of them are not as draconian as others. So we have to <laughs> make that uh, clear. Okay, so here's an example of how draconian rules can get even worse. This is about a Chinese city on the North Korea border. It declared coronavirus martial law. Coronavirus martial law. Uh Uh-oh. I hope we don't have any governors or mayors reading this story because that's going to give them another idea. Let's call martial law. I mean, that's, you know, that's where this is going. Um, Okay, I mean, let's hope not, but let me tell you about this. So this city in China's northeastern province that borders North Korea declared wartime control mode, that's a quote, wartime control mode over coronavirus. I mean, I know we're having a war against coronavirus, but this is really taking it too far. Um, They locked down communities. After, get this, after 12 Chinese coronavirus cases were recorded within three days. Twelve. You know how many thousands they had? I mean, none of us know exactly how many thousands. We know what they reported, and you can multiply that by ten. But um, 12 cases, does that sound like an excuse to you? It certainly does to me. And this is what uh, the Chinese Communist Party uh, newspaper Uh, reported that there were 12 cases, so we have to go into wartime control mode. Um, There was a 45-year-old female laundry worker who was employed by the city police laundry um, in this province that tasted, tested positive for coronavirus. She tested positive for coronavirus. And uh, then there were 11 more people who tested positive, and all of them had come into close contact with this laundry woman. So um, that was the excuse that they used, these 12 cases, to make martial law. Um, now, it's a all of the... Um, the, uh, let's see, the security personnel are going to guard all of the city's official exits and entrances, allowing only one door or gateway to be used by local residents for essential movement. Uh, families have to stay home. One family member a day can leave, the, can leave the house once a day to purchase necessities such as food or medicine. I mean, you know, it's not really, not really that much worse than we have here in many, most places in America, um, except that, let's see, also the city public transportation, including buses, are shut down, no taxis, railway services have been halted, um, and so on. So it's a little more draconian than what most places have in the U.S. But, you know, this how far are we from that here? Not really. I mean, um, even though there are our rights, our constitutional rights have been broken right and left from the right to bear arms 
to the right to gather, to the right to practice religion, you know, um, governments not allowing churches or synagogues to have uh, services and have uh, funerals. Even, you know, people were, the mayor of New York got all angry about um, uh, people attending a rabbi's funeral, and he tweeted something that was very anti-Semitic. Uh, all of this, you know, all of our rights, I mean, the Constitution was put into place by our founding fathers for a reason. And yet, somehow or other, um, mayors and governors are just deciding, you know, they're going to create their own rules. And no wonder people don't want this to end. No wonder people want to believe what Fauci is saying. I mean, that's why he has so much support. Besides, what, in addition to what I was saying before, you know, about uh, putting, pu- pushing the progressive democratic agenda. But, um, he, you know, he's warning of suffering and death. Uh, we don't have the coronavirus completely under control, he said. Well, yeah, we don't have lots of other things under control either. We don't have drownings in, in pools by kids. We don't have, we don't have um, a flu completely under control. There were 80,000 people who died from the flu in a recent year. That's not under control. We didn't shut down the country. Anyhow, um, let me tell you another getting, talking about con- constitutional rights that are being trampled on. Um, there's a story about how women in New York are seeking guns in anticipation of what they fear is a coming coronavirus crime wave. So they gave the example of this woman who is a stay-at-home Staten Island mom, 35 years old, who went to buy a gun, and she wasn't allowed to um, because, uh, because that's the rule that they made. And then her sister, um, who also you know, wanted to get a gun to, for protection, um, she instead, since there's, she can't buy a gun, they can't buy a gun, she's going to ask her boyfriend to move in with her because he has a gun. Now, that's, that's a good reason to decide to move in with your boyfriend. Um, then, let's see, then there's a woman, who, a 46-year-old woman in the fashion industry who said um, that she's lived in uh, some occasionally tough neighborhoods for a long time, but she said, but for the first time, I'm going outside and I get a bad tingling feeling. The streets are empty and it doesn't feel right. I know there aren't a lot of cops out, and it's just a reality that people could get very desperate. Well, you know, um, these people aren't crazy. (laughs) Um, These people aren't crazy. What is a little crazy is that Governor Cuomo has decided to um, shut down gun stores because he's declaring them non-essential. Now, if that isn't political, because obviously he's anti-gun, and, um, you know, that's the thing. That is the worst part of this, that people are using, just like what I was saying about the Chinese province, it's happening in America, too. Um, people in, in power are claiming, using the coronavirus as an excuse um, to make all these rules that are really politically driven. So, um, in fact, in New York... You can't even apply for a license at this point. They've closed all its gun licensing offices. Now, tell me that gun rights and all of this um, isn't a whole political uh, 
it's all political. It was political before coronavirus came, so it is still political now. And um, now, in the vast majority of states, for the time being, (laughs) uh, gun stores are allowed to be open. I mean, it's kind of amazing. In some places, liquor stores are allowed to be open. Like, listen to this. Liquor stores are allowed to be open, but gun store because they're consi- liquor is considered essential, right? <laughs> it's essential for us all to be buying liquor and getting drunk as we stay in our little uh, rat holes in our little homes and we could develop a, an addiction. Uh, but it's not okay to have gun stores open. Um, March 2020 shattered an all-time one-month record for background checks with 3 million, over, almost 4 million checks conducted. So people are getting scared. It's understandable people are getting scared, but are they getting scared about catching coronavirus? Are they getting scared because all of these little despots are, are becoming, um, uh, you know, authoritarian, are turning our world into 1984? Um, I mean, that to me is a lot scarier than coronavirus that we could have martial law or we can have a governor, a, a governor, you know, um, decide that gun stores are, are um, non-essential. I mean, you know, um, after coronavirus, it's really hard to imagine what life is going to be like after coronavirus, when, when we're finally allowed out. And really the question is, when we are uh, told that we are open for business, you know, the world is open for business, how many people are actually going to come out? Um, There is a question, lots of parents are already questioning whether if schools are open, are they going to send their kids? Is that too dangerous? Not only because of the possibility of catching coronavirus, although it isn't really a great possibility amongst kids, but then again, there is this new kind of illness uh, amongst kids that they think is related to coronavirus. But anyway, the point is, we are all, we all have become scared little mites. And this is how tyrants take over. And fortunately, um, President Trump is not one of these tyrants. He, he has been saying all along, and still today, he's been trying to keep calm in the country and has been doing uh, as good a job as possible with, in the face of all of these other people like Dr. Fauci and these governors and mayors who are taking this opportunity to steal power. So again, I'm not telling you to wear a mask, don't wear a mask, protest, don't protest, but I am telling you to think about all of these things for yourself. Well, thank you for listening to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Thank you for joining us on Dr. Carol's Couch. Join us next week at 1 p.m. Pacific time for another installment of Dr. Carol's Couch. We'll save you a seat.